Hey everyone, during our recording of this podcast, the NRL actually made it official that they would be going to one referee. Now, we had no idea that this had happened while we were recording, so please take in mind that during that discussion, uh, we were unsure of the rule, the official rule change. Thanks, and enjoy the podcast. Uh, welcome, everybody, to How Good Is Rugby League? My name is Michael Corbin. My name is Emmanuel Penklis. We're back, Emmanuel. It's been a couple of weeks. Uh, we kind of wanted that news cycle to kick in a bit, but <laughs> we're, only, we're only two weeks away from May 28. Rugby League is coming back, Emmanuel. Are you excited? I am. I am very excited. I can't wait. Um, we just need something to discuss. We need to get stupid headlines off the news and off the front pages. They will always still be stupid headlines, but I'm very excited to see some footy. I'm very excited for the easing of restrictions. I feel like I've never been this pumped up for a winter in a very long time. Corpse? Yeah, I, look, I've been watching The Last Dance. I don't know if you have. If you're not watching The Last Dance, it's on Netflix. Go watch it. It just makes me want competition so badly. I'm missing some sort of competition, some sort of banter between mates where you can say, oh, your team lost all this stuff. I just want I want to win something. I want something to be taken from me. I want to lose. I want to win. I need something. I need I need sport, Emmanuel. That's basically what I want is I want sport, and it's so close, and I'm really excited. Yeah, well, if you're, if you're really desperate and you can't wait another two weeks and one day, there is always the Korean football is back on it's back running so there's always that if you want to pick a team um and start watching that but i'm guessing <laughs> judging by the look I'm, on your face I'm, I'm, no, I'm out. <laughs> it's not happening sorry <laughs> uh, i'm sure there's a team over there with a salary sombrero that you can back um Maybe. but <laughs> sorry it's early days um but let's get into it so corbs what's been in the headlines well, uh, let's start with something that we hit on last time, which was Nathan Cleary. Um, last time we last time we did the podcast, he had just been given his fine of ten thousand dollars. But uh, the news obviously came out that day that you know videos had come out of him on TikTok, and he'd lied to the media and to the NRL. And now we know his fun. Now we know his actual punishment. It's going to be a two week ban. Him and Tyrone May, uh, and I think it's a thirty thousand dollar fine as well. So the 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 punishment's a bit stronger. He's actually going to miss games, and I agree with it. Yeah, there are huge concerns here. I think for Penrith, and I know that everyone makes mistakes, but um, the original story we heard from Nathan Cleary was that on Anzac Day. Girls turned up to his house for about 10 minutes. They had some beers. They then got in an Uber to go somewhere else. And someone must have taken photos he didn't know about. Then the next story was, oh, no, they weren't photos. We recorded TikToks. And then um, I've been reading today that the integrity unit found that um, he actually left his house to go pick up the girls to bring them to his house. So it's a few lies here from Penrith captain, which I, I think is really just, it's like he's young, whatever, but he's also a role model. 
He's also someone that a club is being built around. He's a state halfback. He's, as we've discussed, he has the potential to be the Australian halfback. Um, and it's it's just more than anything, it's just really disappointing. And it's such a shame because, uh, and we've discussed this before, there are players that we consider to be smart players. They're the players you build the clubs around. And um, I think Phil Gould's tweets early on about, you know, if he lied, that's stupid, have really come home to roost here because he's been caught out twice. Um, and I'm just comparing it to, and I, I am a South supporter, but if anyone listens to the podcast regularly, which you all should be, compare it to Latrell, he fessed up, he explained the circumstances, he copped the punishment, and he's, you know, he's sort of moved on. And he's been ridiculed by Fox Sports about his training regimes. But there's just an interesting comparison there in terms of, you know, how it's all played out in the media and, and how the media portrays the players too. So... Um, the Nathan Cleary thing, I think it's just frustrating more than anything. It's just a, more of a sign that footy just needs to come back and hopefully these issues subside. And I think the great thing is that now everyone's in their routine and this will come to an end. Yeah, that's the hope that once footy's back on, you know, all these little things, people are going to be focusing more on footy and they're not going to have other things distracting them. And you don't get as many of these headlines. Normally we do get these headlines and these this stupidity that happens during uh times when the game isn't being played so yeah i i tend to agree with you i'm a bit disappointed in nathan um he is one of those players that we think is a smart player who has led his state twice to origin victory there's not many halfbacks as good as him in the game he had that australian jersey in his sights and i i I think a lot of that could be taken away from him this year unfortunately um i hope he comes out and he He plays really good footy when he's back but, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Hey, I was just going to say, he also started the season really well. Yeah, he like, did. Those first two games are fantastic. Well, and this fantastic games and really took control. And we discussed this at the time, that James Maloney not there um, allowed Cleary to step up. And, you know, this is the thing. When the game went into, um, you know, recess because of corona and everything, um, we just talked about which clubs will be able to manage this better and, you know, the smart teams will appear and how will those that started well be impacted. And you'd have to say that based on what has happened in that two-month period since and how Penrith has started, there is no way that the attention that they've had in the media in the past month since Anzac Day or in the past few weeks since Anzac Day can be good for them. Um, so that's something that I think we will find out the results of in the next few weeks. Yeah, they're going to be missing their chief playmaker, the guy who runs their offense for the first two weeks. So it's going to be a hard jump out of the gate for them. It's definitely going to definitely going to affect the their you know their momentum, their mentality heading into these games. I hope it. I hope they can get a couple of wins. I really like the Panthers squad. We'll see. Anything else on the agenda from the headlines, Emmanuel? Well, there's been a lot around in the last couple of days about vaccinations, Queensland's policy on their clubs couple of Titans players. Um, so fair, fair bit in the news around that, which I, I think is going to come to a tipping point of players either, you know, having to sort of defy their beliefs to be able to play or standing up for their beliefs and possibly being left behind. So um, talking in particular about the two Titans players, Bryce Cartwright um, and Kelly. So and I'm a bit exasperated that this has become a talking point too but you know here we are I guess and this is very rugby league so 
Um, this seems to be dominating. Hopefully, it gets sorted out. Um, there have been there are a couple of other players at other clubs that were featured in this. Marty Tapao, Nathan Peets, who had previously had reactions to um, to vaccines, and they um, were originally reluctant to have vaccines, but that got sorted. So um, I just hope that this gets sorted out. But I think the other problem with this is that because it's there's nothing else to talk about and there's no other there's nothing on tv and there's no sport i feel like an issue like this which would normally be resolved very quickly has been exaggerated yeah one of the big things that we were really hoping for the last couple of weeks was the draw and you know the what's going to happen and because the project apollo the whatever their their plan is hasn't come out yet the media needs to fill the void in their sports section with something. So they've gone on this anti-vaxxing tirade. Um, look, I am of the, the belief that if you want to play rugby league and this is how, and this is your livelihood and you want to play uh, for your team, get the injection. I, I think you just have to do it. Unless you don't want to get paid. Step away if you don't want to. That, that's, that's your choice. Like you said, um, I don't really want to go into whether it, you know, vaccines are right or wrong, but if these guys want to be professional rugby league players, they want to play for their team, they want to get paid, they have to do what is necessary to get on the field. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, I mean, I, I, look, I really don't want to give this issue more oxygen than it has. It, it, it just seems like, it, as I said, it's going to come to a point where players are going to have to be like, do we play or do we not play? And at the end of the day, when faced with that choice, I think amongst that will be, are we paid or are we not paid? And maybe that be a circuit breaker. Yeah, I agree. Okay, uh, on to some actual NRL talk. Uh, we, haven't, we haven't heard much from Project Apollo, but there are little leaks here and there. One thing that came out this week is that we're going back to one ref manual. Last time I think we saw yes. that was 2008, I believe. Is that right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're more of a mm-hmm. historian than I am. I'm yep. all for it. I'm all for it. I think the way the game was going the last couple of years, the refs were controlling way too much. There was too much bickering in between the refs. They weren't communicating as well as we'd liked. And then you had the whole bunker influence. Go back to one ref. Let's see how it goes. This is the season where you can try things that you want to try further in the future. So I agree with the one ref rule. Let's see if it goes well this year. If it goes well, scrap two refs in the future. Um, look, I'm actually in the two ref camp. I don't... I, I'm actually really mixed on it. But at this point, I'm in the two ref camp because the one referee has only really worked at the international level um, since it was taken out of the NRL. And I mean, NRL players are mostly like the modern day NRL players are only really used to two referees. Um, And so I'm a bit concerned about how the one referee will be able to manage the speed and intensity of an NRL game. Now, Um, one of the reasons that this, I saw this on Twitter during the week is one of the reasons um, that two referees started to be considered was because Wayne Bennett commented after a, um, after a final between, Melbourne and Brisbane in 2008 or 2007 commented that he had never seen a referee as physically and, um, and mentally worn out as Shane Hayne was after the intensity of that game. 
so one of the concerns I have is that referees will not be able to control the game and take control of the ruck. We already see it in two referee games where players are lying all over the play the ball, the slow play the balls. Um, and I'm just a bit concerned that particularly with no training um, as one referees, how the referees are going to be able to handle that. The other interesting thing to note is that Project Apollo is not really behind this. A lot of the coaches have hit out against this decision. So I don't really know where it's come from, what, why it's come about. It's been said to be a cost-saving exercise. But unless referees are being paid, what, $13 million collectively a year, those eight referees, I don't understand how much money this is actually going to save. Um, my concern is that it creates more problems than it, it seeks to solve. So one on the other hand, I... on, okay. well, on the other hand, just before you say, and you might agree with some of these things. On the other hand, I do take issue with it. I don't think either system is perfect. And I think that the two referee system has its flaws because you have two different interpret interpretations of the game and you have a referee that punishes, punishes, hands in the ruck or punishes little things more than another referee at the same time. And then it completely changes the flow of the game. And we've also seen as, and obviously top point that comes to mind is last year's grand final. We've seen what happens when there's breakdown in communication with the referees and communication between the main ref and the pocket ref is delayed. And, you know, like we saw the whole six again argument. Yeah. So that's, that's one of the big reasons why I think, why not try this? Like I said, this, a bridge season is a time to try stuff. Uh, so I think it's time that we go back. The season's not as long. So these referees, you know, aren't getting as much run. Uh, they're not playing. They're not like referees play a full 25 rounds as well, basically. Right? So they've got a shortened season. So their fatigue won't be as high. Uh, I think the game's going to start out slow these first couple of weeks as well, which will help them uh, because teams aren't, teams aren't allowed to do contact during training. And, you know, they're not allowed to do tackles and they're rusty in or, the, you know, they're going to have two, three weeks to prepare or whatever it is. Uh, the figure that I heard that uh, it would save the NRL is that uh, having two referees costs the NRL an extra $2.5 million a year. I don't know if I believe that, but that's a pretty big number, especially considering this NRL, the NRL at the moment has no money. $2.5 million is a lot of money for a, an organization that has nothing. So, like I said, I think this is the season to try stuff. If it doesn't work, go back to two refs. I don't see an issue with it. I know the refereeing ranks aren't very happy about this decision. Obviously, it's going to cost them jobs. People aren't going to be play, You know, there's every week there's 16 refs who go out and uh, referee a game. This time, there's only going to be eight. So there's going to be less people have a job. But that also means that if you've got one referee, you can alternate week to week. And then the fatigue factor that you mentioned won't be as high as well. I have, a, I have an opinion that this whole two-referee issue is, has, and the, the point of reducing it to one referee is purely because without crowds at the games and with only the players and the referees mic'd up, fans would be more exposed to the miscommunications between the referees and that would take away from the TV product and increase frustration in the referees. And without the crowd there on the field, um, in the stadiums, the refs would actually be able, the refs are able to think more clearly. We saw this in round two without crowds. The penalty count was much lower 
because they weren't influenced by the crowds. So yeah. I'm thinking that at the moment, with without crowds, it makes sense. But what happens in a grand final? Are we going to keep this one referee system with 80,000 people there? I, if we get 80,000. I just, I, 80, I just feel yeah. like it's very... It's a very, it's an incredibly, it's an incredibly rushed decision. Yeah, that I don't. Hasn't that hasn't it, it, been considered. It hasn't. It hasn't been approved yet. It hasn't actually been set in stone that we're going to go with one referee. I think it's one of those things that was thrown out there. Uh, whether it goes ahead or not, I'm not sure. So we we will see. We're obviously we're we're all hankering for that that news that what this NRL season is going to look like. It, just, it still hasn't come out yet. All we know is that. This uh, twenty-round season, this new abridged season, is going to start with Roosters and Souths on May twenty-eighth. We know, we know nothing else other than that, basically. Yeah, it's taking it's taking ages, um, yeah. and I, I guess it doesn't really matter in the scheme of things. But it, it'd be better to start getting the stuff promoted, um, which yeah. might help. But you know, we're waiting for so we're waiting to hear the draw. We're waiting to hear. Um, who's playing what team twice. There's already been speculation of that in the paper, as you'd expect, sort of the, the, the powerhouse clubs all play each other. Um, there's a lot of uh, Sydney, Western Sydney derbies. Um, the outer Sydney clubs sort of play each other quite a bit as well. Um, and then the other thing that's sort of casually dripping out of the NRL HQ, Channel 9 HQ and Fox Sports HQ every couple of days is sort of the latest on the negotiations. But it's just very confused messaging. So at 7 a.m. this morning, I saw an article said that the NRL is set to have a $1.9 billion bonanza. The same article had just a slightly different headline. Two hours later, it said the NRL is set for a $1.7 billion bonanza. So lots of speculation, not much clarity. But I imagine that the draw and the TV rights deal will probably be sorted at the same time. And hopefully if not by the end of this week, remembering that we're recording on a Wednesday night, I'd imagine by next week we'll have yeah. more to say on that. Well, like I said, the, the season's two weeks away, so this needs to happen quickly. Coaches need to start planning for the teams they're going to be versing and set up a game plan and whatnot. Obviously, this is going to be a challenging season for the coaches in terms of managing their players. So they want to get ahead of this stuff as well. Um, yeah, I... I saw the same thing as you in terms of the TV deal. I saw at one point it was at 3.2 billion. Then it went at 2.3 billion. And the figures just seems to keep dropping. Uh, whatever it is, I think the NRL is uh, the the broadcaster getting a bit of a bargain here, considering the, yeah. the precarious position that the NRL is in and the fact that they want finances so quickly. So it's yeah. going to look the good price, for the price. The there price kept dropping, but the but the but the number of years on the rights deal seemed to increase every time as well. So, uh, mm. um, <laughs> yep. But anyway, look. Until then, I get. I mean, this is just from a waiting period. I think for everyone. Yeah, you and me, you and me are both just sitting here waiting for something to happen, trying to pass the time during this quarantine period, and they're giving us nothing. Bloody NRL. Uh, they're giving us they're giving us stuff, but nothing decent and substantial. The other thing I'd want to touch on, not footy related, but great to see an NRL player seek help when needed. I think it's just um, and sort of acknowledge um, difficult times and and seek treatment. And um, I'm obviously talking about James Roberts, and I think that's one of the signs of a 
of a player supported by a club and a coach that care. And I think some clubs manage that better than others. Um, and I think it's just it's just something that I just want to mention, which I think is um, obviously footy is not priority. And, you know, as we've sort of flagged that routine is so important for players. So obviously, you know, this period of time has really had an impact on James Roberts. So um, for this reason, amongst many others, we look forward to footy getting back on so that all these players have jobs again and so many people involved with footy and work in the clubs and work in the NRL have something to look forward to as well. Yeah. James uh, has had a troubled past. He sees Bennett as, you know, sort of a pseudo father figure, not exactly a father figure, but you know, someone who he relies on and someone who he can console in and uh, him coming to Souths under Bennett was a big reason uh, for that. And you can tell that Bennett really cares about him and hopefully he's getting the help that he needs. He's an absolute star when he's at full flight. So I hope he recovers. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And Corbs, at the risk of just chatting with nothing to talk about, I actually think that might be it from us for the week. And I think by next week we'll have a draw we might think about potential team lineups. Um, we might have a rights deal to talk about. Uh, we might know the value and the length of that deal. And I reckon the war of words might be heating up by then between South and the Roosters. I hope so. I really hope for all those things, including, you know, that that beautiful video montage that we always get between South and Roosters and the rivalry starts kicking in and then everyone west of Anzac Parade or south of wherever you want to call it starts chirping up and it's the, you, the, yeah. the only issue is the only issue is you're not going to get pubs hanging you know, south banners all over Coogee and then Brewster's fans yelling all around Bondi. Can't, you're not allowed out at the moment. So that's what this game's yeah. going to miss. Well, the, and the, yeah. cra- the, cra- well, the Brewster's like, fans the, have really been training for this sort of, you know, staying at home and watching on the couch, haven't they? You guys have yeah, been training for that for years. We're a smart bunch of people. We've been planning for decades, Emmanuel. Decades. Professional social distance. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> oh, except except when there's a really high price tag on the event that you go to. But who knows? <laughs> yeah. I actually, one of my favourite um, promotions was last year. I remember in the final round, Souths played the Roosters. And so um, Fox Sports did the whole promo build up with the two team songs and the kids. Yeah. Do you remember? Yep. And then the great thing was South and the Roosters played each other um, first week of the finals, the next week. Let's not talk about the result, but the next week. And they played the same ads again. So, um, yeah. Do you reckon we'll be... They've, they've, had, they've had six, seven weeks to prepare for this matchup. Do you think we're getting something new? I don't know. I, budget cuts I, hope, I hope so. Because here come the Roosters... The Eastern Suburbs scene, just, it's not as great as Glory Glory, I have to admit. I love our team song, but it's no Glory Glory. And when you put them together, it's not great. <laughs> glory Glory to South Sydney. All right, Corbs, on that. <laughs> on that, yeah, I guess I think, that's it I for think we're um, done. We're done. Thank all you, right. for everyone, for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, like, follow, tell all your friends. Uh, footy's heating up and please send us through your feedback we love reading it uh, we love discussing it um, social media through our email howgoodisrugbyleague at gmail.com on our Instagrams wherever you can find us yeah and one more thing Emmanuel how good is rugby league how good is rugby league
Have a good Thanks, week. Thanks, Emmanuel. See ya.